Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. As Christians, perhaps our greatest struggle in our walk with Jesus is in worrying about all the different aspects of our lives. We have a tendency, even as believers in Jesus, to incessantly worry about all the details of our earthly lives and the lives of others. Did you know that Jesus commanded us not to worry? Let's open our Bible now to Matthew chapter 6 and learn about this incredible principle from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. teaching. Today is Monday, April 12th. Uh, we are in Texas. It's around 1.15 in the afternoon. Hopefully everyone's doing well and loving on Jesus. Today we are going to just continue uh, where we left off in Matthew chapter 6. Um, we had just finished the, uh, the treasure in heaven uh, and then the eye is the lamp of the body. And today we're going to work um, starting in verse 25. And I don't know how far we'll get through it. But they're, they're amazing verses. Uh, Jesus is going to talk to us about, he's going to command us not to worry. And, and clearly, um, you know, there's nothing in the Christian life, really, that we do more that's a problem or that's against the will of Jesus or that really does show um, a, a lack of faith than worry. And, and, and I think every one of us as, as, as disciples of Jesus, as Christians, would admit that, that we worry and fear and have concern about things far, 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 far more often than not only we would like, but than is appropriate. Um, and so we're going to discuss this incredible um, just subject of worry, and we're going to look at what Jesus you know, has to say about it. And hopefully when we're done... Um, you know, each of us will be able to go and live our lives with all the difficulties, with all the circumstances, trusting in Jesus Christ and learning to make him a part of it and inviting him into it. So we're going to go ahead and pray and then we'll read it and we will get rolling. Father, we do love you and bless you and thank you for all your mercy and favor and goodness on our lives. Father, above all, as we always say, we thank you for the word of God. But even more than that, we thank you for the son of God. Jesus Christ, our only Lord and Savior and Master and King. Jesus, we love you, we bless you, and we praise you today. We thank you for your mercy and goodness on our lives. We thank you for the Word of God. Holy Spirit, we ask you to lead us and guide us now. Give us eyes that see and ears that hear as we open your Word. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right, Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 25. Jesus is speaking. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? 
And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon, in all his splendor, was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into fire, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, or you, oh, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Thank you, Lord Jesus. That's, that's verses 25 through 34 in Matthew chapter 6. So, verse 25, Jesus said, therefore, and when he says therefore, he just got through speaking about storing up treasures in heaven and, you know, having your eyes not focused on, you know, obsessing with the things of the world and just trying to have more and more and more of the things of this world, uh, nicer houses, nicer cars, more money. We talked about it, bigger bank accounts, nicer vacations, um, and, you know, then he talks to us about the eye as the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good and you have a focus on the, the word of God, the son of God, the kingdom of God, the ways of God, the heart, the heart of God in Jesus Christ, then you'll have more light and you'll have more desire for Jesus. Um, Jesus said where your treasure is, your heart will follow it. So we talked about storing up uh, more treasure in heaven. So your heart will be for Jesus and the kingdom of God and the word of God and the things of the next life, as opposed to just focusing on having a better here and now all the time. And then after finishing all that, he says this, therefore. So therefore, he's saying, verse 25, the first word is therefore. And what that means is therefore, in light of all that I've just told you regarding this, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. Uh, the statement is, is a truly remarkable statement because there is not one of us, right, Melanie, that could, that cannot look at this verse. Therefore, I tell you, and it's interesting again that it's not a request, May. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. Right, Jess? Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. Right, Tara? Do not. It's a command. It's not a request to us, but it's so much easier said than done, y'all, right? I mean, certainly it is in my life. I mean, you know, and, and, and if we're candid as believers in Christ, as Christians, I mean, we will find every way and every manner to worry about everything, but we can strain it through the conduit of like, we'll call it concern. We may even call it responsibility, right? We'll find every reason why we need to worry. And we'll get into that here. Jesus is going to talk about the birds of the air that they don't store away in barns. But what they do do is they are diligent in working to find food, right? So Jesus is not by any means, you know, um, you know, just giving us a license to be lazy here and not work. Okay, because when he talks about the birds of the air, and we'll discuss this, 
uh, how they don't store away in barns, right? And yet they're not worried about anything. They're still working, doing what they need to be doing, you know, so that they have food, but they're not worried about tomorrow's food. You know, they're going to do what they have to do throughout each day to get the food that they need. But therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. Do not do it. So it's a command not to worry about our life. And each of us could just stop right now and repent. We could just all stop and say, Lord Jesus, I'm, I'm sorry, Lord. I'm so sorry, Lord Jesus, because I, I do worry not only about my life, my children's life, my just my friend's life, people in my ministry's life. I mean, at whatever level, and it is a sin because it's disobedient to worry. This is one we have in spades, so to speak, like. Like it's one we should all be working on, but I don't, I don't, how many Christians do we know that actually work on this, that actually take time? And hopefully you're one of them and I am, but this seems to get away from me, Lauren, like more than anything else, right? This sin of worry and concern or fear over things, fear of the future, what's going to happen here and all this stuff. It's just, um, Jesus is going to tell us that it really has no value ever. That, that there's nothing in, we, in our lives that we do that's more useless, but we do it more that has no value than worrying or having anxiety, right? And for most of us, it's at a, it's at a place, right, Dave, where we, we don't even feel we can help it or they can help it. It's just the natural, it's just the natural cause and effect of our, of our, of our, of our waking hours almost is that we just naturally are worried and anxious about things and it's not the will of God for our lives. And it's something we just, again, like I said, if there could be a word beyond repentance, we would need it for this. Certainly I would. And Lord, we do repent and we do ask you to forgive us. And Holy Spirit, we ask you to lead us and guide us and just help us to begin to take the steps on this immense journey of trusting you, trusting you, Father, our Heavenly Father, with our lives and with the details of our lives. Help us, Lord Jesus. Father, we just love you and bless you. And we, we ask you, Father, we ask you to help us, teach us to give you all our worry and concern and anxiety in every, in every aspect of our lives. Help us, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Everything that we worry about, right, Pop, is about one of those things. Right, Mom? Everything we worry, Jesus tells us not to worry about what you'll eat or drink or put on your, your body, right? And these are consistently, you know, um, concerns. Now, in the first world country, right, you're not worried about having your dinner tonight, um, you know, but it is material things in material situations and material relationships um, that we are just consistently consumed with and worried about, right? In Jesus's time, you may not, you know, uh, you, you may not know where tomorrow's food is going to be. In our time, 
right, Papa? We have all the food we need. We literally have no worry about feeding ourselves or clothing ourselves. Our worry has transferred into other things. We want to have not only enough money to eat and drink, and this is, you know, this speaks volumes, but, you know, we want to have enough to have the kind of lifestyle we want to have so that we can live how we want to live, when we want to do it, doing whatever we want to do, whatever comes to our mind or desires, and we want to have enough stored up so we can just have the lifestyle we want. As a matter of fact, we have uh, we have financial advisors, right, Scott, that their entire job is to set us up so that we can have the kind of life we want to have financially so we can do what we want to do, how we want to do it, whenever we want to do it. And so we, we bring in these professionals and they're money managers and they're good things. The, the, the issue is not the money, it's that that we use these managers so that we could have the comfortable life we want here and now. And as we said in the last teachings, that shouldn't be our focus. Now, if you want to go get a great money manager, right? Because, you know, you want to, you want to be responsible with your money because you want to make sure you have it for the advancement of the kingdom of God and the son of God and the word of God. And, you know, you're wanting to make sure you're going to be generous and leave a, leave a legacy to where after you're, you know, you've passed on to the next life that you want to be a blessing in the kingdom of God. That's a different thing. But the vast majority of us, right, in first world countries, we, we want more and more and more so we could have a more comfortable life um, in whatever we want to do, wherever we want to go. Right, Keith? Um, so Jesus says not to worry about it. Now, again, there are in third world countries, right, Armando, Ezekiel, Vinod, uh, these brothers of mine that are men on the ground, that have worked on the ground, um, Dr. John, that are just you know, in Africa and India, men I'm in relationship with and blessed to be in relationship with, uh, their people are still consistently concerned about what to eat or drink or put on their body. These are still real concerns. Try to think of the magnitude of that. Jesus is speaking 2,000 years ago, and we still have um, millions of people in our world today that still have these concerns. And Jesus is saying the same thing to y'all, Armando, and your people, and Ezekiel. And again, um, here in America and in first world countries, we don't worry at all about eating or drinking, about what we're going to put on our body. Again, our worries are, uh, you know, we, we have first world concerns, like we like to say, right? Um, but the principle Jesus is teaching here is the same, is that that. If our heavenly father takes care of these birds, right, and he takes care of the grass and the flowers and he, and he makes sure that they're arrayed in beautiful clothing and elegance, uh, you know, you could trust that he's going to, excuse me, you can trust that he's going to take care of you. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Very powerful statement, right, Mama? Is not life more important than food? Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I can confess that there are days where sometimes, you know, all I'm thinking about, you know, is is what's for lunch, right? All I can be concerned about is just satisfying, you know, my own hunger. 
And, you know, to that point, when it says is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes, right? I mean, we really are consumed about worrying about the silliest things, right, Kristen? Like, we always want to look the best we can. We want to be the most attractive we can. Um, my daughter, Lauren, has uh, really been working on this. and I'm so proud of her. Um, and, 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 and my daughters are beautiful girls, right? But, um, but we can all admit that we, you know, we put so much importance on outward physical beauty in our lives as men and women. There's really no difference today in our culture. I mean, as men and women, we want to be the, the, the most handsome, the prettiest, the most attractive that we can possibly be. And that's where our, our focus just consistently is, is on, you know, um, is on how our body looks, right? What we're going to put in our body and what we're going to clothe our body and, and make our body to look like so that we look appealing and attractive, undoubtedly, because we want to look good for others, right? We do. Now, listen, I'm not saying that, you know, I've been accused sometimes, frankly, of that, you know, it's like I can leave the house as a, like an unmade bed wrap, right? Just not with my hair sticking up or whatever. And I just, I don't care enough about it. So you do want to be presentable, okay? But there's a difference between being presentable and obsessing with our outward appearance, Matthew, right? Um, we can just obsess, Brooke, with how we look, with how just how we look in every manner and in every way. Um, we want to be the most beautiful, the most handsome. We want to have the most money. Um, we want to be able to buy the nicest things for ourselves and our loved ones. And we want to be able to eat the nicest, choicest foods. Um, these are the kind of things we worry about, right? And, and they're absurd. Verse 26. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Verse 27, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? Look at the birds. Look at these birds, these fowl, just flying around, okay? They don't store, uh, sow or reap, Jesus said, or store away in barns. And they don't, right? And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Now, as I said earlier, although the birds don't store up worrying about tomorrow's food, they are diligent in working. Right. If you look at a bird, a bird is diligent in looking for food. Right. A bird can be diligent in building a nest. A bird isn't lazy. So Jesus is in no way here saying, you know, just we can just sit at home, not do anything. And our heavenly father is going to make food appear on the table. Again, this is not a license to inactivity, indifference or laziness by any stretch of the imagination. OK. And sometimes scripture can be twisted by people to make it fit how they want to live. God forbid. I've said this before so many times, right, Mel? We don't, it's not our job to make the scriptures fit our life. It's not our job to make the scriptures fit how we want to live. It's not our job to kind of twist the scriptures and interpret them in a way that's convenient for how we want to live our lives. Right, Esther? Our job is to make our lives fit the scripture. Does that make sense, y'all? Our job is to read the word of God, 
and to make the necessary adjustments to adjust our lives, our thoughts, our beliefs, and our actions to what the Word of God says to do plainly and clearly. We believe in Jesus Christ because it says it in our Bible. Not because your mom told you, not because the pastor told you, certainly not because I told you. You believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, God the Son. You believe that he lived a perfect life for you, died a perfect death for you, and you believe that he's alive and risen, Riley, because it says it in your Bible. That's the only reason you believe it. Now, yes, you have had an experience with Jesus Christ. Jesus has done incredible things in your life, but your personal experience with Jesus is secondary. Secondary to the fact that it says it in your Bible. Jesus hasn't requested you to believe things. He's commanded you to believe. The Bible commands us not only what to do, but what to believe. We live in a world today where we have it all twisted. Right, Luke? Everything's twisted. The Bible commands us what to believe exactly and clearly, unambiguously. The Bible has told us clearly, God has given his word that all humanity is sinful. Every human being in the world ever is sinful And because of that sin, the Bible says they're separated from God the Father. They're separated from God the Father. They're actually at war with God the Father. The Bible says we're at enmity with God. We're we're enemies of God. The Bible says because of this state of humanity, a sinful state that every human being is a sinful person, man or woman, because of that, God the Son Jesus Christ enters the world of his own will and volition, lives a perfect life for all humanity, you and I, a perfect sinless life in word, thought, and deed. Jesus was perfect. He lives a perfect life on our behalf. Then he dies a perfect death on our behalf. And then Jesus is alive and raised from the dead. He's alive and risen. And if we will live our lives believing that, if we believe that Jesus gave his life for us, knowing that we're sinful people, if we we believe what the Bible says, that we need a savior to save us from our sins and that we are not it, there's nothing we can do. And if we will call on Jesus, Romans 10, 13 declares and promises that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. These are commands. It's a command to put your trust and reliance and confidence in Jesus. Have you done that today? Have you prayed and asked the Lord Jesus, the Lord of heaven and earth, to be the savior of your life, proclaiming your full trust, confidence, faith and belief in him alone to save you from your sin and to bring you to heaven when you die? Have you prayed? Have you put your trust in Christ and called out to him in faith and prayed, Lord Jesus, I I do confess that I am a sinful man or woman. I confess that I am just as the Bible says that I am. And I believe that you are the son of God and that you came and lived a perfect life for me. And 
You died a perfect death for me. And Jesus, I believe you are alive and risen. And therefore, Lord Jesus, I ask you now to come into my heart, to be the Lord of my life, to save me from my sin and to bring me to heaven when I die. Jesus, I place all my faith and hope and trust and reliance in you alone to save me and to be my everlasting Lord and God. The Bible commands us to come to faith in Christ in this way. And the Bible tells us unambiguously that we have to have him. If we do not receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, the only other, the only other place for us is hell. That's what the Bible teaches. I don't like that. I don't want anyone to go to hell. Most rational people don't. We want everyone to be saved. We want everyone to receive mercy. The Bible tells us we need immense mercy. Every one of us. Most of us think that we're not as bad as bad people. You are and I am. Let me say that again. Most of us believe that there are really, really, really bad people. And you know, we're not perfect and we're not so bad. That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that you, whoever you are listening to this today, are really, really, really bad, and I am really, really, really bad. We are desperate, hopeless. We need a savior, and without that, we, were, we will perish and spend eternity in hell because of our sin. We are all equal at the foot of the cross. Everyone you could think of, the Pope, Mother Teresa, Billy Graham, um, just think of the most righteous person you've ever heard of. Any of the people in the Bible, all equal at the foot of the cross. We are all in desperate need of a Savior, and there's nothing we can do to save ourselves. God has given his word. It's a command that we believe the word of God, and it's a command after we've trusted in Christ, we want to obey the word of God has nothing to do with our salvation. We don't obey the word of God to, to help us get to heaven. We obey the word of God because, because we want to be pleasing to Jesus and we love him and we want the blessings that accompany obedience to the word of God. Just like a child wants to obey his parents. For you parents out there, you know, you want your children to obey you and you're happy to bless them when they're obedient. And you punish them when they're disobedient. It's no different with our Heavenly Father. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your Heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? So there it is. Jesus said it, that human beings are much more valuable than animals, fish, birds, everything. Reptiles. Human beings are of immense value. Although you and I are sinful to the core, we are of tremendous value in the sight of God. God the Father, our Heavenly Father, loves us so much that he sent God the Son, Jesus Christ, to die a torturous, excruciating death on our behalf and in our place so that by receiving Christ, we can come into relationship with him as his children. That's how valuable you are to God. 
no matter what you've done. So although you are, and I am, a very sinful person, you're also incredibly loved by your heavenly father in that particular state, in that state of sin. He loves you completely and totally and desires you to give your life to Jesus Christ, come into relationship with him as his child. So it's this, you know, it's just this amazing, right? Like dichotomous thing. We're terrible sinners, but yet he loves us immensely and unconditionally and desires every single human being to come to faith in Christ. Stephen's putting the scriptures up on the, uh, on the video. I believe it's 1 Timothy 2.4 that it says he desires all people to be saved. Our Heavenly Father wants everyone to be saved and to come to faith in Jesus Christ. And in 2 Peter 3 verse 9, it says that he desires that no one perish. I believe it's 2 Peter 3.9. And again, these scriptures are coming across the screen. He desires that no one perish. So look at those two scriptures. He desires that you be saved by receiving Jesus Christ genuinely and completely and totally and only. But also, if you haven't, you're going to perish. So he does not want anyone to perish, but everyone to come to faith in Jesus Christ our Lord. Your father takes care of the animals. And they mean very little to him compared to you and compared to me. Are you not much more valuable than they? Verse 27, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? You know, I think we'll close here. Um, this will be a little shorter teaching, probably, what is it, around 30 minutes, 35 minutes. They've been going a little longer, but verse 27, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? And this is just a remarkable principle, principle right? It's wisdom. When we worry... It literally benefits us, not at all. It's actually counterproductive. It hurts us. But it's it's utterly useless to worry. And as we've said already, really every one of us would confess to inordinate amounts of worry. Like we all believe we worry too much. And hopefully some of us, we've really grown to worry less and less and less and less. Or maybe some of us are just so blessed we don't feel we have a whole lot to worry about, right? But Jesus gives this principle that you cannot add a single hour to your life. Worrying does not really add anything to you. It doesn't add to your life one bit. Matter of fact, it takes away from our life, right? You know, never once have I been in the middle of just some some aspect of worry and just been like, man, this is just awesome. This is just incredible. I'm so, I feel so fulfilled that I'm worrying right now. This is just giving me such, this tremendous fulfillment. Is that, is that, that how you feel when you're, when you're worrying, Scott, Robin, is that how you feel when, you, when you're worrying? Man, this worry, this concern, this fear, this anguish, this anxiety, this is just the greatest thing. Man, I just love this, man. Can I just, Jesus, can I just get some more worry? I don't have enough worry or fear or concern in my life or anxiety. I, I need more. Any of y'all ever pray that in your life? Has any sane, rational person ever asked for more worry, more anxiety? Is worry and anxiety and concern and fear and anguish, are these not like the most horrible things? Are they not just terrible things? And when Jesus is telling us to do this, he means it. And it is possible 
and it, and, it, and it's possible because it's possible by growing to know Jesus more. So how are we going to do this? How are we going to live our lives increasingly free of worry? How do you do it? You do it, Gabe, by by spending time with Jesus. You do it, Cash, by, by, by giving your life to Jesus, not only for salvation, that's the beginning, but then you do it increasingly more and more and more. Moment by moment, day by day, right, Rap? We give our lives to Jesus increasingly in every manner, in every way. The more you think about Jesus, the more you have your mind on Jesus and on the kingdom of God, the more you have your mind in the word of God, Becky, um, the more you have your mind on the scriptures and on Jesus and on your heavenly father, and on walking in in you know in collaboration in unity with the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit, the less you you'll be concerned and worried and absorbed with the things of the world. Now, you know, I'll close by saying again, you notice that all of this in the context of the you know of the whole teaching, Jose, you notice, that it, this comes right after where he's talking about storing up treasures in heaven and, and having your eyes, you know, uh, be the, the lamp of your body and bringing good things into your eyes. What are you looking at? What do you, what do you, you know, what do you use your eyes for? Do you use your eyes to really focus on the things of the world and having the things of the world? If you'll obey him back in verse 19 and begin to more and more store up treasures in heaven and less and less be focused on the things of this life, the things of the here and now, nicer cars, nicer, you know, uh, um, houses, bigger bank accounts. If you'll begin to more and more concern yourself with the next life and storing up treasures in heaven, then your heart, Jesus promised in verse 21, that where your treasure is, your heart will be. And since all your treasure is on the things of the earth, and the things of this world and having a better here and now and a more fun, entertaining here and now. Well, therefore, you worry all the time about the here and now. But the more that you and I will focus on the word of God, the son of God, the kingdom of God, may. The more we do that, the less we'll be worried about the things of this life. And even the people in this life and the relationships in this life and the you know, just the material things of this life. Because our heart will be more on Jesus Christ. Now, in Jesus, we'll love all these people, right? But our heart will be for them also to have deeper and more meaningful relationship with Jesus Christ, as opposed to just having our heart for us and them to have a better here and now. And as I've said many times, most of us, if we examine ourselves, would confess that this is that these are, are genuine and rather immense problems in our lives, that we really do have our focus very, very much on the things of this life, on the things of this world, on having a better here and now for ourselves, our children, our loved ones, our friends. And because of that, we worry about all these things as well. But if you look at it and you really think about it, you don't really worry about anything in the next life, do you? If you're a Christian today and you've trusted in Jesus Christ, you, you, you believe 
that everything's going to be pretty good in heaven. You certainly believe there's not going to be anything to worry about in heaven. So the more you start putting your mind and focus and heart on the things of the word of God and the kingdom of God, the better off you'll be and not worrying about all the things in this life and the better off I'll be. And, and again, I'm, I'm not by any means saying this is, I'm not trying to be trite, Jack, right? I'm just, uh, this is not easy. By any means is this not easy. But this is what the Bible teaches. And so, you know, as you go today, take some time with Jesus and just, just really pray to him and confess you know, just all the various aspects of worry and anxiety and fear that consume you seemingly on a, a daily or weekly basis or wherever it is in your life. Confess to him the things you're worrying about. Even try to hand them off to him. You know, reach up and say whatever it is. You know, if it's your children, Lord, I give you my children. I give them to you. I love them, Lord. But, you know, Lord, I ask you to forgive me for worrying about them in all these different ways. I, I give them to you, Jesus. Doesn't mean you don't continue to encourage your children, pray for your children, um, and exhort your children to walk with Jesus Christ more intimately so they won't be worried about all the, the, the crazy nonsense we worry about. And again, I'm not, uh, I'm not trivializing our problems, but what I am saying is that uh, our hearts and minds and focus, that the more they're on Jesus and in Jesus and for Jesus and to Jesus and through Jesus, the less we'll worry about the things of this life and the things of this world. So go to Jesus today. Start spending time in the scriptures more, filling your mind with the scriptures, with the word of God. Be in fellowship with other believers, folks in your church. Um, encourage them, right, Nathan? Um, you know, build them up. Call your brothers and sisters in Christ and ask how you can pray for them. Really be part of a community of believers that are trying to encourage one another in these things so that, you know, all of you together can help each other. And I would confess and, and pray for each other. I would repent, um, you know, repent together about the various aspects of worry in your life. And really, you know, we can see Jesus move and begin the, uh, to unravel this, this, um, this, as I said, this overwhelming, immense issue in the church today. I don't know if there's anything that we, myself included, certainly do worse than worry. You know what I mean? Meaning, or more often than just, you know, have worry and concern. And as I said, we, we can often strain it through the conduit of responsibility. It doesn't add anything. We still need to be responsible as the birds of the air are. They're, they're still responsible to do what they need to do to get food. But they don't worry about it. They don't store away in barns. They just go about their day-to-day -day lives um, doing, you know, what's inherent in their nature to do. And if you're in Jesus Christ today, you have a new nature in Jesus. And your new nature is, is, is one with the Spirit of God. You're, you're, you're married to Jesus. You're part of the bride of Christ. And the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus lives inside of you. And he's now leading you to follow the Son of God and the Word of God and to walk with your Heavenly Father, your God and Father, and to grow in relationship with Him. So, Father, we do love you. We bless you. We thank you and praise you, Father. We thank you for these incredible scriptures, Father. I ask you to help us one and all, Father, in the body of Christ. 
to deal with this sin of worry, Lord. I confess that it's something that I, I don't work on enough, Father, and uh, I ask you to help me and ask you to help us one and all just to begin to have greater faith, to refine our faith, Father, to purify our faith more and more and more and more that we might walk with Jesus and be free from concern and worry and anger and bitterness and frustration and anguish and fear and all these things we struggle with, Father. Help us, Holy Spirit, I pray. Lead us, Holy Spirit, to, to know our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, better and to obey the word of God that tells us not to do this. Lord Jesus, I confess that, that it's hard. It seems hard for us not to worry and not have lives filled of worry and concern about various different things. Lord, it seems the only time we don't worry is when we don't perceive we have any problems. But Lord, I ask you to help us to, to learn these principles, even while we do have, have very difficult problems and struggles. We love you, we bless you, and we thank you, Father. We thank you again for the Word of God and the Son of God. Holy Spirit, lead us and guide us now as we, as we go about our lives to, to live lives increasingly free of worry and concern and fear and anxiety, all the while growing to love Jesus and live for Jesus and give for Jesus and forgive for Jesus in every aspect of our lives. Father, it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. For more information about our ministry, please visit www.kingdomd.org. If you'd like to email us directly, you can reach us at contact at kingdomd.org.